0: This is Ergasia Digest, a weekly roundup of news from the world of faith, work, economics and theology, arranged and presented by Brendan Byrne. Hello and welcome to Ergasia Digest number two. A weekly roundup of news from the world of work, faith, theology, and economics. My name is Brendan Byrne and I have the pleasure of being your host. Ergasia Digest acts as a supplement to regular episodes of Ergasia by highlighting news about work and economics and posing questions that tie these news items to considerations of faith and theology. It will not necessarily be the purpose of Ergasia Digest to suggest or supply answers to the questions which then arise, merely to provide food for thought for listeners' own reflection. And so, here is the news. The Sydney Morning Herald reports that recent research by the University of Wollongong and Macquarie University indicates that a decision in March 2017 by the Fair Work Commission to cut penalty rates in certain industry sectors has not resulted in a short-term increase in either new employment for job seekers or hours of employment for existing employees. The report notes the Fair Work Commission justified its decision by arguing that reductions in penalty rates would lead to an increase in trading hours and an expansion of services, in turn leading to more jobs and available working hours. The research indicates, however, that up to 15% of retail workers who experienced cuts to penalty rates also experienced a 9% drop in hours worked. Hospitality workers, by contrast, experienced no change in hours. The results of this research seem to contradict arguments previously mounted by the Business Council of Australia that, like other Western economies, Australia was now a 24-7 economy in which the idea of unsociable hours was now redundant. In hearings before the Fair Work Commission, the Australian Industry Group argued that a drop in penalty rates would enable employers To increase employment. The research seems to indicate, however, that not only has this not happened, but employees were leaving the retail and hospitality industries due to discontent with their reduced income, potentially leading to a skill shortage in both industries. Meanwhile, in Britain, The Guardian reports that the latest figures released by the Office for National Statistics shows that employment decreased in the UK by 56,000 full-time equivalent jobs overall in the three months to October 2017. This came despite an overall increase in jobs by 325,000 in the year to October 2017, mainly on the back of strong economic growth in 2016. This means that the overall level of employment is at 75.1%, while economic inactivity, the measure of people who have stopped looking for work, has also increased, leading ironically to an overall fall in the unemployment rate. In releasing these figures, the ONS stated that wage growth now stood at an annual rate of 2.3%, lower than the overall inflation rate of 2.6%, the eighth consecutive month in which the cost of living in the UK has exceeded the rate of wages growth. This at a time when the number of unfilled job vacancies has increased to 798,000 in the three months to November 2017, indicates that the UK is now starting to experience a significant skills and labour shortage. Despite this demand for workers, the ONS said that in year-on-year terms, Wages had decreased in real terms by 0.4% or by 0.2% if one-off bonuses were taken into account. Back in Australia, The Age reports that the retail food group, the franchisor behind such brand names as Donut King, Brumbies, Crust Pizza and Gloria Jeans Coffee, has warned its franchisees not to speak to the media, and that any who do so may be in breach of their franchise agreement, with revocation of the agreement being a possible consequence. This warning comes in the wake of a Fairfax media investigation which revealed that the franchise agreements which RFG struck with many of its franchisees was not only resulting in financial and personal hardship for those franchisees, it was also producing widespread wages fraud as desperate franchisees sought to stay financially viable. The report cites one former Crust Pizza franchisee who claimed to have lost their house, their superannuation, and their life savings after their store went into liquidation in January 2017. The franchisee claimed that as a result they had been reduced to living on the aged pension. Meanwhile, desperate franchisees have resorted to sham employment contracts and the underpayment of teenagers and overseas workers hired on holiday visas in their attempts to remain financially viable. In response to the Fairfax investigation, RFG announced that it had appointed the Deloitte accounting firm to undertake a systematic review of its business model, a review that was expected to take two years to complete. Still in Australia and The Guardian reports that a study by the McCall Institute, a left-leaning think tank, claims that following the aforementioned cuts to penalty rates for retail and hospitality workers, Australia experienced its weakest three months in consumer spending since 2008. The McCall study argues that there is some correlation between the cuts in penalty rates and the decline in consumer spending, To the three months to September 2017. The report states that while economists acknowledge the sharp decrease in consumer spending, they also note that this may be due to a number of factors of which cuts to penalty rates may only be one. Nonetheless, economists also argue that the decrease may signify that tougher economic conditions lie in the immediate future. The Mackell study argues that, in the short term at least, the cuts to penalty rates have had a negative impact on the economy with no visible or substantive positive offset. Finally, BBC Capital reports that research is increasingly indicating that spending prolonged hours at work is not only less efficient and less productive, it may also be injurious to workers' health. That's because genuine productivity and efficiency require workers to be deeply focused, And that maintaining this focus over extended periods is not only not possible, it causes often insidiously negative side effects. For example, one study published by the US National Institutes of Health found that working long hours increased workers' vulnerability to coronary heart disease by 40%, while another study linked long working hours to an increased risk of stroke and major psychological illnesses such as depression. The deleterious effects of long working hours are often linked to or exacerbated by the long-term impact of not taking regular holidays. For example, one study published in European Geriatric Medicine found that businessmen who failed to take regular leave in middle age experienced both lower life expectancy and worse health outcomes in old age. The report also notes that those countries which have shorter mandated working weeks, or culturally inscribed periods of rest, such as a long lunch or siesta, were just as productive or even more productive by GDP than countries where long working weeks and hours are the norm. So what does this week's news suggest to us? If we look at the word economy, and consider that it originates in the Greek word oikos, meaning household, we know that a household describes a network of relationships between individuals. Thus an economy is neither a loose affiliation or even a mutual interest grouping. It is an interconnected, relational state of being In which each individual stands, not on the ground of their own self-interest, but on the basis of their relationship with all the other participants in the economy of which they themselves are a part. Therefore a Christian theology of work immediately poses the question, what kind of relationship is being described by an economy in which one party utilizes a business model, to exploit or victimise another party for profit, in turn leading the victimised party to exploit others in an effort to sustain their own existence. What kind of relational structure supports the reduction of one party's capacity to support their physical existence on the basis of alleged and entirely undemonstrated benefits to wider society, all the while ignoring the signs of increasing economic stress such as skills and labour shortages. What does it say about our relationship with one another when in times of allegedly booming employment opportunity, increasing numbers of people are giving up on the prospect of obtaining dignified and meaningful employment? What does our culture of work say is valuable about our humanity when that same culture drives us to patterns of behaviour that are not only unproductive, but actively injurious? How would a Christian theology of work articulate a different way of being, contrary to the prevailing attitudes and assumptions of modernity? So as I leave you with those questions to ponder, we come to the end of Ergasia Digest Number Two. I hope to have the pleasure of your company in future. For more information, visit the website at www.ergasia.podbean.com. That's www.ergasia.podbean.com. I am your host, Brendan Byrne. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Erkasia Digest, a weekly roundup of news from the world of faith, work, economics and theology. For more information, please go to www.erkasia.potbean.com.